This is the Beyond the Story podcast, a show that goes way beyond the story. And now, Sebastian Frost! Hey friends, welcome to another episode So grateful you took some time out of your day to hang out with me. I really hope that you're going to leave with at least one or two things that you did not know before you hit play. My guest this week is Zach Nadler. Zach is the CEO of Vayner Speakers. If you're a fan of Gary V, the name Vayner will definitely ring a bell. Zach spent several years being Gary's agent at his previous agency, CAA. And when the time had come for Gary to move on as well as Zach, based on their relationship, they sat down, had a conversation. And Gary said, listen, I've disrupted the agency world. I want to disrupt the speaker world. So they created Vayner Speakers. Zach jumped in as CEO, Gary's partner on this project. We had the opportunity of connecting right when they launched back in 2018, Gary introduced us and as schedules would permit, as of late, was able to get them on the calendar to sit down and chat about what they're doing at Vayner Speakers, as well as his story, what brought them to present day here. So if you're curious about what it takes to become a public speaker, what it takes to work with a speaking agency, per se, you're definitely going to want to listen in and take some notes here. Make sure you connect with Zach. His links for LinkedIn will be available in the show notes. Friends, please help me welcome to the show. Zach Nadler, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good to be here. Great, man. You and I connected back in 2018 at the beginning of it all with uh, Vayner, Vayner Speakers. That's right. We've been knowing each other for a little while here, but it's, uh, it's great to see you, albeit from a couple thousand miles away. Yeah, exactly. Well, technology, a pandemic, it's bringing us all together, one podcast interview at a time. Well, on the show, I like to tell people's story. I like to back. I know that you and I initially connected and Gary looped us in when you guys first started Vayner Speakers. You guys had a lot of success with that, even with the pandemic. We're going to talk about that. But I want to go back to the beginning. When, when, when mm-hmm. did you decide that being an agent for speakers was going to be a career path for you? Yeah, well, it's obviously not something most people decide early on, right? You don't have 12-year-olds who say, I want to be a speaker's agent. Right. I've spoken to numerous different, you know, college groups and things like that. And no one is ever like, God, I thought about being a speaker. Yet it's a four billion dollar industry. So I, you know, I started working with celebrities. I used to run celebrity golf tournaments. I, I kind of switched from switched gears and started handling marketing for athletes, number of Olympians in the 2008 Olympics. And so around that time, I got recruited after about two years of representing Olympians. And a lot of what they do is speaking engagements, speaking engagements, personal appearances, endorsements, and got recruited into CAA to do the same thing for them, but kind of focus on the speaking stuff. So that's how it all got started. And CAA is like the agency as far as celebrities and athletes, right? Yeah. I mean, they're the the premier agency, if you will. There's certainly competition and that that whole world is kind of evolving at a constant basis. But the agency I went to in 2009, where it is now, where where it was when I left in 2018, all very different places for sure. I bet. I bet. Gary used to joke back in the day, he'd be like, so my agent talent agency that books me, books Oprah too. Okay. So right. just try it, try it. Like this is, doesn't even make remotely close sense, but here, here we are. So, and speaking of Gary, so when, when did that relationship begin? Was that just a, Hey, we got a new lead the guy's name's Gary. Might want to give him a call. 
Yeah. I mean, he was a client when I started at CIA. So I had no relationship with him when I started and he was, I mean, he was the wine guy on YouTube that no one had any idea what to do with. This was before crush. It came out. This was very, very early days. And so, you know, we, we couldn't get rid of him, right? We couldn't find people who wanted him because back then the internet was still kind of, it's, I mean, look, it was in its adolescence and people still had no idea what to do with Gary. And then the more he, the more he did, you know, content, the more he wrote when the thank you economy came out, that really changed gears. And, you know, the first time I met him, I think was in 2011, but we had done some stuff prior to that. And I was just very much aligned. I like what he was saying, right? You know, the way we approach customer service, the way we approach, you know, running a company uh, and, and treating people with respect and the way we approach the sales process was very similar. So it didn't take long for us to kind of get along. And as his speaking career grew, I certainly took notice and wanted to be involved and wanted to do what I could. So I take no credit for what he's done on stage because he is an absolute you know, master when it, comes, when it comes to being on stage. I was just happy to be along for the ride. And it was a lot of fun because watching that go from you know, literally doing no, no gigs to doing you know, hundreds of gigs a year has, has been extremely intense, um, but it allowed us to, to do what we're doing now. And, you know, the speaking fee that he commanded, too, wasn't even when I first met him, you know, 11 years ago, I thought it was like crazy town, like mm-hmm. twenty five or thirty thousand dollars. Holy cow. And then by, you know, to bring to present day is probably one of the most sought after speakers in the business and, and entrepreneur space. Absolutely. I mean, and not only does he have the chops to be able to deliver a talk and be able to move an audience and and, and, and leave them different, but He's also got the chops in business about it to be able to say, hey, here's what I've done. So I'm here to talk yeah. about what I've done, too, which I think it makes it that much more impactful. But he's he's just he's such a freaking human being and so down to earth. <laughs> like people say, I don't know about his energy. I go, listen, the energy level gets turned on when it needs to get turned on. When you're face to face and you're one on one with him, he is one of the most highly engaged. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would say I would say humble individuals and just focus and just there and just present. And a guy like that was operating on a level like that, that you don't always get that. It's not always that, that, that experience there. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is the same guy on and off stage. He's always been that way. I'll never forget. I, we, we run into each other at times and I'm in, in green rooms, EMC and he's the keynote or whatever it might be. And I always, I always remember that the, the event staff's always like, would you like us to get you security? And he's like, good. I want to get, <laughs> I want to get mocked. And I'm like, are you crazy? And he's like, no, no, I am. He goes, listen to me. Yeah, that was one thing I learned early on, too. He goes, listen to me. You always make time for people. Always. Always. Not, yeah. a, not a lot of time. And you got to be strategic with stuff. And you got to be not afraid right. to say, hey, listen, I got to jam. I got to go DM me. Send me an email. But you always stop and you make time for the people that either helped get you to where you're at or are contributing mm-hmm. to where you are currently at. So that was a huge, huge, huge lesson I learned along the way there. So you guys had a hell of a run at at, at CAA and then you had a, mm-hmm. a, a night. Gary had left CAA and you later on left and, and you guys got together and said, hey, what does it look like uh, to 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 do something together? So how'd that all come together? Yeah, I mean, I think we looked at it and said, you know, even something like you just mentioned, right? Walking through an airport with Gary is a different experience than with a lot of other celebrities. Yeah, yeah. And Gary's has a different approach to a lot of stuff. And, and he looked at me and said, well, hey, I've disrupted the advertising agency world. I've disrupted a lot of businesses. Let's disrupt the speaker's world. And the reality is this business, you know, it's a $4 billion business. It's kind of boring. And it hasn't really changed that much in 50 years. Now, granted, in the last year, a lot more virtual stuff is happening. Gary and I were doing virtual events back in 2012. So it wasn't like we were waiting for this stuff to happen. We were getting ready for it years ago. And I think we looked at it and said, if we can apply a little bit of innovation to a tired industry, we're going to be able to make a difference. And you know, we're not 
we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're doing things a lot like our competitors, but we're doing them in a different way. Right? We're treating everyone a little bit differently. You know, a lot of our competitors, the competition kind of looks at this and says, everyone's the same. This is the fee. This is what the event is. This is what you're getting. We kind of look at it and say, what are you doing? What do you, why do you want this person, right? What are you looking for? What are you looking to get out of them? What's your audience want? We try to figure out what kind of actually goes into the event to give them something they're looking for. And I think that the personal touch, it's, it's not very scalable, right? But we, what we lack in scalability, we make up for in growth quickly because people want to work with us because they know that when, when they start working with us, they're getting a personal touch and they're going to get what they want. They're not going to get what someone's selling. And I think that makes a very big difference. And that's kind of how we started this company. And two and a half years in, we're, we're thrilled with the results. God, imagine that. Let's put together <laughs> a solution that's in the best interest of the person buying the solution. I'm fir- fir- firm believer of that. Selling with integrity, I guess, would be another alternative description to, 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 to doing that. And I think that, mm-hmm. that you know, Gary's hung his hat on, on, on the integrity card for, for, since the inception you know, carefully cultivated relationships, having integrity, caring about what you're doing and caring about the people that are in your community that have brought you to present day and continue to contribute to, 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 to where you're at. I understand that world. Cause as more of a speak, as more of an MC than a speaker, I'm always inclined to sit down with the client and say, well, you know, what does the event look like? And what are your goals mm-hmm. here to be able to make this thing as easy as possible? My roles are a little bit different than a keynote speaker because I'm more of a, well, let's throw Sebastian in there and we'll cut time. We'll add time. We'll, add an experience here. So I really understand there, there, there's a huge need for that. And there is a huge disruption happening within the speaking world. I believe and I always joke that the days of, you know, bad suits and dimples are, are, <laughs> are, 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 are far gone because it's just, it's, it, we've got the same speaker talking about the same thing. That's now mm-hmm. becoming a relevant topic that it's a, I hung out in NSA for a few years and I got a lot of great friends in, in, in the national speakers association. I just, that's when I woke up to the reality that this entire landscape is changing. It really, really yeah. is because it went from a good old boys club and very, very clicky. The speaker's world could be very, very clicky to completely disrupted now because brands and now solutions like Vayner speakers are able to create solutions to be able to go to meeting planners and event planners that are having that are that, that, that have a concept for what they want to be able to do. And they need to fill those speaker gaps but they just don't want to do it with the same old, all right, let's call the same agency we've been working <laughs> with the same old speaker. So that, that, that's really, that, that, that's really great. And, and how many speakers have you guys put on the books as far as which? Yeah. What, so we've got 16 exclusive clients, but stay tuned. We'll be adding more in the next couple of weeks here. So we've got a few announcements coming up, but I think it's something where, you know, we've been pretty conscious about who we're adding and when we're adding them. We probably turned down at this point, close to 2000 speakers. And it's not something we enjoy doing. But the reality is that, you know, we're still a small growing company and we want to make sure that we can deliver for our clients, just like we want to make sure we can deliver for our customers. If they come to us and they're getting a litany of speakers that there's no curation behind, it doesn't serve our brand. But if they come to us and they know that anyone we present is going to be on a short list to begin with, then there's already a level of curation that they appreciate. So it's, it goes back to what we were saying, right? The personal touch, being able to look at what they're doing, give them something that they, they need and they want and just, you know, try to appreciate them for what the individual event it is. Cause really no two events are the same. So let's stop treating them all the same. Right. Right. Wow. I could not even imagine the amount of inquiries when you guys first started <laughs> and said we're currently looking for, I mean, my goodness, I'm a friend of Gary's. If I had a well, dollar. My favorite is, you know, if Gary, you know, every once in a while, he throw out a tweet or he throw out something on LinkedIn and tag me in it at you know, like, all hours of the night or what hours are you of the morning. Doing, dude? Yeah. No idea it's coming. And then I'm just like, oh, great. So that's why my inbox is full. <laughs> 
Right. Right. Yeah. Just tee it up, light the bomb and throw it. There we go. <laughs> Zach, <Exactly>. Zach <laughs> I emailed you. Uh, well, that's great, man. I see that uh, the, the always entertaining and, and uh, very talented Amy Landino's on the books with you guys too, mm-hmm. doing some great stuff. She, gosh, what a talent. She, she started about two years, two years before me. She was really early in the game, 2008 and the airport runs with Gary. That was a great <laughs> hack back in the day. That was a phenomenal hack. I never, Daddy. I never bought her the airport, but that was a great, I've had I, Guy Kawasaki, a couple different other ones that I've been able to, to take advantage of that, that, air, that airport ride was a great hack back in the day. It still works a little bit uh, this day. So I've been seeing some, some, some familiar faces here. So it's great to see the, the, the culture that you guys are creating in addition to it's just a great solution for, for, for meeting planners. So, you probably get asked this a lot too. What is it? What do you guys look for in, in a, in mm-hmm. a speaker to be able to, 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 to bring them on? And well, there's uh, certainly or- no formula, right? If I had one, it would make things a lot easier. I, I hate using this as the, the analogy, but it's kind of like, you know, when they, the saying of how do you know what pornography is, right? You know, it when you see it. And I think we look at something where we say, we want to find underexposed speakers who deserve to be overexposed and we want to help get them out there. Now, we don't control the marketplace. So we try to find people who are authentic, who have a great message to share, who have some sort of platform where they're, you know, they have a community. And we look to build off of that, right? We want to help guide people's careers and help them get on as many stages as they can. But they have to be doing something to begin with before we can even get them out there. So we are constantly on the search for interesting people. And I think the reality is like the number one thing, they just got to be different right? There's so many speakers out there now. Social media has made it very easy to just call yourself a speaker and throw it in your Instagram profile, right? But the difference is if you're someone who's unique, if there's not someone who has a similar story to you, if there's not someone who says it in the same way, there's not someone who has been through the same kind of turmoil you've been through. And, you know, I say that with grace because I recognize that there are a lot of people out there with incredible stories, but, you know, let's be real. It's been, a, the world's been around for a long time. There's a lot of people out there to begin with. There's a lot of people who want to be speakers. They see it as the best paid part-time job. This is going to be how I might take it to fame. I'm going to make all sorts of money, travel the world. And that's great when it works, but you got to put that time and energy in to get there. So we look for people who have, you know, are already on their way. We don't want someone who is just getting started because there's, you know, a mountain to climb. Gary is someone who it took him, you know, 10 years to get to the top of the mountain. Right. And he still would say he's not there. So if if that's Gary, you know, what have you done to compare to someone like that? Absolutely. I think the same thing too. 10 years into this, I'm now feeling like I'm very comfortable in my own skin on Mm -hmm. stage and I'm really leaning into my, my, my talent, my gift and able to do that. But it's been, it was years of knee knocking and imposter syndrome feelings of what did I just talk about? Get off stage. <laughs> what in the world? Well, I always say once you're on stage and you're no longer nervous, like that's when you got to stop doing it. Right. When you, you, you should kind of use the butterflies to make yourself better. Yeah. Right. You want the crowd and, and you want to be nervous. You're going to mess up. Otherwise, you know, you, it's just, it's too easy. Then what's the point in doing it in the first place? I don't think Gary has that, that trait. I don't think he has the, the nerves. I think, I don't know. I think he gets fired up for it. I think he feeds the, feeds off the energy. And maybe a different energy, but I think he still gets geeked up for it. I mean, I saw, we've done one event where I was in the room for in the last year, right? It was seven people in the audience. It was a, it was a recorded virtual event, but you could tell that he was still fired up. And even seven people, he could feed off that energy. Right. I'll, I'll never forget. We were in, in San Diego and on our way to the stage and through that, you know, the nine, the, the kitchen, the <laughs> service elevator, the whole nine. And uh, we're, we're I'm shooting a piece of content or a clip or something. And I'm like, Let's let our audience know what to do right before you take stage. 
get angry. <laughs> and somebody told me that. I'm like, I used to get very nervous too. And somebody said, Sebastian, that means you need to take it up a level. And I'm like, oh, dear God, do you understand what you're trying to tell a guy like me? He goes, no, but it's leaning into that energy. And I still do. I'll take a stage. Yeah. There'll be 5,000 people out there. I get more nervous with 10 people in the audience, mm-hmm. oddly enough, because you can feed off that energy. But I, I definitely, there's never a time where you're not where you're not nervous. I think maybe Tony Robbins even gets there. He jumps on a trampoline before he takes the stage. I guess maybe there's, there's a human nature to you got to get your adrenaline going. And I, you know, it's also something too, for people who are just getting started, things change when you start getting paid. So if you're doing it for free, you can go up on stage and screw up all you want because there's no accountability, right? What's going to happen? Worst, right. worst that happens, you don't get asked back. Right. right. But if you're getting paid, you have to deliver on that. Right. If you, if you go to the dentist and he does a terrible job in your mouth, like you're not going back, but there's hell to pay. It's the same thing if you're a paid speaker. So you got to lean into the energy, but also like know it's coming. Because if you get surprised by it, then boy, are you in trouble. Absolutely. There's a <laughs> buddy of mine. Uh, his name's Jason Hewitt, phenomenal keynote speaker and entertainer. He mm-hmm. does a Elton John bit that's just exceptional. And, I, and I, I found him through some sort of post and realized we had mutual friends and some mutual MC friends too. And I like to learn from these guys. They've been doing it for a minute, especially the ones that mm-hmm. are, they can juggle because I can wear bow ties and I've got a lot of energy, but I can't juggle. And I've got no, I, and I'm not playing the piano on stage, but Jason has, but he also talked and his, his message is the promise to the craft, the promise mm-hmm. to the client and the promise to the audience to be able to deliver your, your, yeah. your best work possible. And that really, Zach, that's sunk so deep because I think like, you're right. Everyone's a speaker these days. Here we go. You write a book, you're a speaker, you know, allegedly, but to be able to bring a craft to the stage where you can not only mm-hmm. motivate, differentiate and, and, and really set yourself out from there. It really is a gift, but it is being committed to the craft. I, w- I was on somebody's show yesterday and they asked me about the worst gig that I've ever done. And I said, the worst MC gig that I've ever done without mentioning names <laughs> is one that I did not have a pre, like a pre powwow meeting with the client. When I got booked, I got booked by their team. And when I got to the venue, everything was great for the first day. And then eventually the guy was like, well, I used to have an MC that did this. And I had an MC that did this. And I'm like, I don't know how to juggle. I don't know what to tell you. I'm doing my job here. (laughs) But I told that story. I said, but it didn't matter. And this guy ripped me every day for four days straight. Not like after the event or before, Hey, let's meet for a coffee. Let's check. (laughs) No, Right before I took the stage, he would go grab the microphone and let's go. But he would rip me like in my ear about it. And that's that brought me to the story of remembering Jason's message of I said, that is when your true pro comes out on whether or not you're going to yeah. be able to do it. Because that guy definitely could. Listen, I, well, I got off stage. I had a little bit of time. I, I, listen, I had to go outside, get some fresh air, and, you know, get my get, get my manhood back a little bit there. So it wasn't, but it is. It's a commitment to the to, to the, to the craft, and you're, that's, when, that's when talent really shows up and when things go sideways. But lesson yeah. learned, always meet with the freaking client before the gig. <laughs> well, and I always say, too, like, everyone's going to learn differently, right? Like, we were talking about Crush It before, and, you know, that book, one of the things is if you're not a blogger, or if you can't write, don't be a blogger. If you can't, you know, speak, don't be a podcaster, right? There's a lot of things where you can find your own medium. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing for prep, right? Gary does not take pre-event calls anymore. And I don't, I, keep, I don't think he's done it since 2014. And we have a great system in place so that we can get him prepared. And I can tell you, he wouldn't be as good as he is if he wasn't prepared every time. But being prepared is different for everyone, just like getting geeked up before an events could be different for everyone. So it's a, it's a science in and of itself, or maybe an art form in that regard. So you have to get things ready to go because you're right. You got to deliver for that client one way or another. And if you deliver in a bad way, they're not going to be happy. 
Right. Right. Well, that was, I mean, it was such a fluke thing. I swear I've been blessed that I've not had any negative feedback, thankfully, with the work that I've done on here. But I sat there and I was beating myself up when I got that. I'm like, gosh, that was an emotionally tolling week. I'm like, but <laughs> how did I show up? And I'm like, I never met the client. It was like that night I went up to a sweet at dinner and he's like, I think you're going to do a great job. And then for the next four days, it was just, you know, complete silent verbal abuse in the sound booth, which was Awesome. But hey, it stretches me a little bit more. And it was, you know, my bad. Right, yeah, there we go. We're not growing. We're, we're dying. But I tell you, I came back home and was like, holy cow, we're doing pre meetings from here on out. But I can see how good. Well, you got a team around you. You got a little bit of a system. It's not as, yeah. as much and, as. And look, it's each their own. I got some clients who require a call, right? Everyone's a little bit different because they want to make sure that they're going to deliver, just like you're saying. And it's just a matter of getting used to and comfortable with your system. And everyone's got it differently. Absolutely. So live events look like they're starting to come back at the time we're recording this. They just made an announcement about mask. You guys have been doing virtual events for a minute. So pre pandemic, it's not even matter where it's at. So I I dare to ask even, so how how did you guys, I I know what you guys did because you've been doing them already. And uh, it certainly was different, right? Gary's office serves as a podcast and a video studio, right? Right. We're not in the office. He didn't even have a computer at home, right? He works from his phone. So when we all went, you know, bunkered down, we had to get him a computer so that he could start doing these things. So the whole world changed. And at the same time, every customer, their whole expectation was different. So, you know, there are some people are more inclined to it. Some people enjoy it more. Other people miss the, the kind of, you know, audience interaction. So it's a little bit different for everyone. It definitely was a learning curve for a lot of corporations. We were ready for it, but that doesn't mean that, you know, events are ready for it. But right. by all means, it does look, we've been optimistic for a little while now. And it looks like, you know, what our expectations of, of fall events at like 80% of what we were expecting are probably going to happen. And I think 2022, things are going to be a lot more normal than we've remembered in a long time. So it'll be interesting to see on the flip side of that. There are a lot of events that popped up virtually over the last year, right? How many of those are going to convert to in person, right? I've heard stories of like, you know, events not being able to find venues at certain times this fall, which is a good problem to have for my yeah. business, but I can understand why that's a problem. And then, Also, it's like, what happens next? Like, are people going to want to go? Like, how much business travel are we going to be doing when we haven't done any for the last year? Like, you really got to do something exciting to get people to show up to the event now. So we're excited about it and thrilled because I think people are dying to get back out there and and kind of, you know, commune, right? They're just, they just want to sit next to someone, sit next to someone, not worry about it, be able to experience something together. And I think that's really what we're missing. So it'll be nice when that comes back. And thankfully, it looks like it's going to be sooner than later. Yeah, I you're exactly right. People are Jones and get out of their house and get back in person. I can't wait to enter. That's mm-hmm. one of the best parts of the of doing events is is the people and being able to interact just the whole entire experience. You feel like it's a adult summer camp for a couple of days where you're able <laughs> to go and like hang out with everybody. It's just quite the experience. So I I I look for I think it's just so much pent up demand to be able to get oh, back to 100%. you know to, to to life that I think it's going to 2022 is just going to be absolute gangbusters. You and I were chatting before the interview. I told you it's been pretty nuts here. For the past month with the phone ringing, thankfully, because it had, did a couple gigs last year, but the virtual stuff, you know, and MC and stuff like that, like when I'm right here, it's a little more tricky. I, I can't dance, Zach. I can't like get into my, <laughs> I have no rhythm whatsoever, but I still can't do my broken Carlton. Yeah, I man, I look forward to live events coming back. Well, dude, I'm so glad we got a chance to connect. I know you've been, you've been hitting it up on, on LinkedIn as of late. And I, I saw some, some similar posts that you had LinkedIn tells you when you like or comment and whatnot. And I was like, you know, Zach, I'm like, we have not had a chance to connect yet. Let's get them on the show. So that's been a good thing about this pandemic too, that technology's made it a little easier to, yeah. you know, maybe not, I don't want to we, say- We've more. all been connected. 
I've been saying there's someone should have made a billion dollars out of this whole thing, figuring out how to do like a meet and greet in a better way. Not just like a Zoom roulette kind of situation, like a true meet and greet. And no one's been able to figure that out. But you're right. That's one of the good things is all the, the interconnectivity that's happened because we've all been locked behind a computer for a year. And now hopefully we'll remember that when we get out to events and, and are sitting next to people, we are kind of getting back together and, and remembering that, you know, oh yeah, we did like getting together for breakfast that day at the convention or yeah. drive a drink after this session. And uh, I think we're all, we're all really excited to see what, what that comes up. But I also think like the summer, people just want to be out with their friends or their family, do stuff they miss. So I think there will be a little bit of like, a, oh, let me vacation, let me breathe a little bit before we dive into all these business events. But at the same token, I have a feeling a lot of businesses are going to take advantage of the summer of when people are, are ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that, and I, I like the, the, I like to look to find the good in everything. So the good in, in, in the pandemic was that everyone was forced into technology. Mm-hmm. Gary's been talking about that forever. doesn't give a shit about your technology. doesn't give a shit about your feelings or, or how, what you think <laughs> about it or way it's, it's going to continue to move at the speed of light with or without you. And a pandemic comes along and God forbid we didn't have the internet. My God, what we we would be talking to our neighbors, I guess, maybe through the window. <laughs> yeah. but it, it really has, it, it, it's not, the, the main benefit is it's forced technology on people. It's definitely been phenomenal for our mm-hmm. podcast agency. Everyone and their brother's been starting a podcast, but at the, at the same time, events started to become a little mundane and like, yeah. Oh, just another event. Or it was two categories. It was like the big new flashy object in the marketing world or what have you, or it was just our annual dental conference. And it, this whole process over the past year and a half has really hit the reset button. Cause we got people excited to get back. Event planners are thinking differently. We got solutions like Vayner speakers popping up where you guys are actually creating experience for the clients that you're going to work with. So I'm excited. I, I'm in the business. So I'm, I'm on, I'm on your side of the fence and, and, yeah. and rooting for where the world of events are going, but I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to hang out with me. And man, it's been great to, to meet you virtually face to face here. And, and yeah, have a conversation. thanks for having me here yeah man it's, it's great to have fun absolutely if you're listening to this you're thinking who's this zach nadler guy works with gary v holy guy you can connect with him on linkedin that's the best place to find him don't worry about searching for it right now i'm gonna put a link in the show notes make sure you connect with him if you think he got chops i mean feel free to go out and pitch him i mean good luck you Send and the other, my way and you and the other two thousand you, you never really know <laughs> you used to be one in a million in, in in hollywood i think it's one in a million in the speaking business too all right zach i appreciate you man and look forward to seeing you in a in a, in a, in a live event in this in a city real soon here absolutely thanks sebastian yeah thank you thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the beyond the story podcast be sure to appreciate it if you haven't done so already make sure you're subscribed to the show this way you'll get updates as new episodes become available if you feel so inclined please leave us a review be sure to appreciate it signing off from the podcast launchlab.com studios we'll talk to you next time